Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Praise the Lord. We bless the name of the Lord for his goodness, for his, uh, his help, and for sustaining us, and for keeping us, keeping us until he returns. We bless his name for the word of God. We bless his name for the Holy Spirit. We bless his name for his faithfulness. Okay, it's, tw- it's, it's 12.20, so bear with me. Uh, we need to finish Philadelphia today, God willing. Lord, we bless you once again, give you praise and glory. We thank you, Lord, for having made us partakers of things to come. We thank you that we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. Bless us, Lord, as we come together to look in the scripture. We trust and we rely on your good, eternal spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The missing dimension, the Church of Philadelphia. This is the continuation, it's part two. Now, previously we've gone through uh, the history of uh, the church in Philadelphia and explain, give a little bit of background in terms of the, uh, the city itself, the meaning of the name, etc. You know, going back to that. And we say that uh, in the church of Philadelphia there, were, uh, there was no missing dimension. There was only, there were only commendations. No missing dimension. We also say that this church had four secrets for their victory. Obedience to the word of Christ, faithfulness unto Jesus Christ, the manifestation of the power of Christ, and the trust in the Lord's sovereignty. So let's go to our main reading, Revelation chapter 3, from verse 7 to verse 13. That's Revelation chapter 3, 7 to 13. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia writes, These things say he who is holy, he who is true, He who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie indeed indeed I will make them come and worship before your feet 
and to know that I have loved you. Verse 10. Because you have kept my commandment to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven my God, from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, not the new London. The new Jerusalem. The heavenly city of God is called the new Jerusalem. You've heard of Zion. Do you know what Zion is? Zion is the name of a place. (laughs) It's a mount upon which Jerusalem is built and sometimes we speak of heavenly Zion so you can think of heaven in terms of Jerusalem is correct Where do we start then? Okay, let's try to find the bridge here. In verse 7, the Lord is the one who has the royal key of David. He opens when no one can shut, and he shut and no one can open. And um, he promises to the church of Philadelphia that he has set before them an open door, and no one can shut it. That is called the true blessing. The blessing of God is real. Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow to eat. You hear people saying they are blessed 
but is sorrow upon sorrow and misery upon misery. If the blessing really comes from God, he had no sorrows to eat. You've heard a lot of story in particular in the area of marriage. I had a dream. We were like white dove and we were flying hand in hand, etc. After five years out, was God show a vision and then out? Should we really trust that is God? Let's be very careful and be considerate with what we say. I can testify of uh, quite a few people I know split. For some of them, I participate to the officiation of the wedding. They call me. And I say to them, I'm very angry because you lied to me and you lied to God. They call me in the congregation to pray for you. Now you're telling me we've tried everything. Let's leave God alone. And let's be considerate. I've seen this. God has showed that. God, to try to spiritualize things that are carnal. God is not in there. The future will tell whether the blessing is of God or not. These days, even crooked people and thieves, they fill churches, they say they are blessed, and they put money in the basket, and they say they are blessed. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he had no sorrow with it. About 20 years ago, a friend of mine who is a pastor came up with a rather bizarre definition of blessing. He says to me that blessing, according to him and the book he had read, he says blessing is an opportunity that meets the right connection. <laughs> oh. Hmm. What was the opportunity and the connection for Joseph in Egypt? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, I think it is, says, Blessed be... Dieu le Père de notre Seigneur Jésus. God the Father... Our God and Father of the Lord Jesus. That's in English. I have to think in French and translate. You don't see that. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So in the heavenly places, we've been blessed with all heavenly blessings. I don't see opportunity and connection in that. You see, people have come up with all sorts of things and imposing the Bible. People quite like that. Quite like that. You meet a wealthy woman, you trick her, you get married. Blessing, you know, opportunity, connection, blessing. Lies. Everywhere. People quite like that. Quite like that. Verse 8. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, 
and have not denied my name. Little strength, kept the word, not deny Jesus Christ. Question. Can a believer deny the Lord? Yes or no? Thank you very much. Wow, we have a lot of Bereans here without hesitation. Yes, absolutely. Second question. Can a believer betray the Lord? Some say no. Some say yes. The answer is no. I know. I read the Bible too. I know you're thinking of Judas. I know that. But that's the very thing. Why did Judah do that? The Bible says, thank you very much, I can hear someone mumbling there. Aha, you're cheating, we saw it at home. Satan entered in him. Satan causes people to betray Christ. But the believer, sorry to embarrass you, (laughs) it's in the Bible. But a believer, and we deny Christ every time we walk in enmity to the cross. When we walk contrary to the will of God, it is a denial of Christ. Peter, Simon, the first pope. He got it wrong. His successor is infallible. He doesn't make mistake. But the first pope made mistake. Three times he denied Christ. By the way, he was married. But a believer cannot betray the church, the body of Christ. What Judas did, that is betrayal. He made a plan, he took money, he infiltrated them, and showed the aggressors where they were. He came with a very, very demonic kiss, and he did everything. Do you know the result of betrayal? He hanged himself. Do you know the result of of denial? Repentance. Bitter repentance from Peter. He cried. He wept for denying Christ. We are called to repent. To weep bitterly before God when we've denied Christ. And it is a possibility. Verse 9, the synagogue of Satan. The synagogue of Satan. Now, there are two churches which were blameless. Smyrna and Philadelphia. But in those two churches, there were people who were part of the synagogue of Satan. In those two churches. They were doing inside deep, dirty work. They called themselves Jews. They attended synagogue. But the Lord revealed that the synagogue they were attending had become something else. Not of God. And they persecuted these people in Smyrna and in Philadelphia. 
And the Lord said, I know that. I know you have those people who call themselves Jews, but they are not. Because spiritually in the Bible, Jesus Christ was challenged by people who came to him and say, you promise freedom to us. How can you say you will set us free? We've never been in bondage. We are the sons of Abraham. Never been in bondage? Really? That means you don't even know your story. Your history. The Lord said, no, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Abraham himself rejoiced to see me. Before Abraham was, I am. And he said, oh, Moses said this. He said, no, 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 no. Hypocrite. If you truly believe Moses, you will believe in me, recognize. Because all of them wrote about me. The synagogue of Satan. But the Lord promised to deliver them. Verse 10. The word of perseverance. Well, the word of perseverance is to be kept in order for us to survive in trying times. There is a coming global trial of the world, but there are also daily temptations to stray away from the Lord and to push us to embrace this world. So, trials, persecutions, tribulations, temptation, all those things around us are coming, will intensify. But it is the word of perseverance, obedience unto the Lord, that will keep us in the protection of God. By his spirit. For instance. The Lord says peace I give to you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the word giveth give I unto you. That's what the Lord says. But this word. Is being trouble. Where people don't see yet. That is being trouble. People are very hopeful. Oh you see COVID came. It passed. Inflation came. It passed. The Israel crisis will pass. This will pass. And then we'll go back to Nintendo again. Ten, ten hours per day. Etc. Okay. Well is one crisis after the other. And will intensify. And will grow. The Bible speaks of. Uh, the beginning of sorrows. Just the beginning. After the description in Matthew 24, after the descriptions, I think around verse 8, the Bible says, this is not the end yet. This, are, this is just the beginning of sorrows. The birth pangs. I call that the big cramp. Big cramp. Remember how I struggled the other day with uh, pastilles sucre, salé? I found it in English. Salt candies. Salt candies. Athletes take it to prevent cramps. More about that in a minute. So you are a salt candy in this world to prevent the cramp. To minimize the impact and the magnitude of the damage in the body of this world. Salt and light are you. 
prayer. Behavior, witness, testimony, preaching of the word, the testimony of Jesus Christ, faith in display, all those things makes you salt and light in this world. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. I think at this point, this theological expressions here. Uh, I didn't have enough time to make a presentation for you, but uh, I have some printouts there. Just pass around so that I can go quickly. I don't want to stay on that. Yeah, just pass around and have a copy if you want. <clears throat> yeah, please. Because I want to go very quickly in this. You can read in your own time, make your own research on that one. I don't want to dwell on that too much. Dear brethren, we are trading and we must continue to tread where the saints have trod. We must keep the words of God to persevere and to be kept by him from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test the people. The hour of trial is coming to test the people, to test their self-confidence, to test their self-reliance, to test their cleverness. The Bible says professing to be intelligent, to be wise, they have become fools. That time is coming. See who wins. I believe Christ will always have the final say. And people will realize that they have been foolish in blaspheming, blaspheming and rejecting God. Christ is coming. To the church in Philadelphia, he said, I am coming quickly. When we were younger, there was a magazine called Bientôt. Soon. And Christians in those days used to sing, soon and very soon we are going to see the king. But these days, we have a different test. We like to say, you know, we rise like an eagle. Everybody wants to be higher. Everybody. Look at people's face when they sing that. Everybody wants to be an eagle. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. That was the preaching in those days. The Salvation Army, when they start with William Booth, they were called the preachers now. He was receive Christ now, baptism now, start working with Jesus. It was like that here in this country. We are trading where the saints of old have trod. We must keep the word of God to persevere and to be kept by him from the how of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test the people. I call that the big cramp. Now, from your notes I've just given to you there, during the time of the Protestant Reformation, Christians were very clear in what they believed, stood for, and were prepared to defend at all costs. 
They lived by what is known as the five solas. I'm just reading. You can follow in your notes. The Latin word sola means alone, only, or single. You can look at your notes because I'm just reading there. Because some of the words I won't be able to pronounce them. <laughs> now, the five solas of the Protestant reformers distinguished them from the teaching of Roman Catholicism. Those five solas, or five souls or singles, seul. The first one is known as Sola Scriptura. The second one is Solus Christus. The third one is Sola Fide. The, four, the fourth one is Sola Gratia. The fifth one is Solidio Gloria. You see, they lived, they stood, they taught those five things as the pillar and the foundational fabric of the teaching. Sola Scriptura, they believe, I believe, Scripture alone, no tradition, no philosophy, no psychology, no cleverness, Sola Scriptura, Scripture alone. That is a foundational and former doctrinal principle during the Protestant Reformation. According to this principle, the Bible is the sole infallible source of authority for Christian faith and practice. I am not naive. Don't worry. I am not naive. Because then people come with a lot of criticism and they attack all these principles one by one and start trying to demolish them. But do you know where that came from, that criticism? It came with the Enlightenment movement. Ah, a place of choice for the reason rather than the heart. The Holy Spirit was out of the door. It was now a competition, head knowledge competition, enlightenment, the revolution of Kant's reason. Yeah, but sola scriptura, but then, you know, uh, Jesus himself, then you see, and he was encouraged by the time of reasoning, enlightenment, and everything became subject to debate. That's where it came from. If you're holding on to those criticisms, you better know where they came from. But those reformers believed that it was scripture and scripture only. But this particular principle seems to be uh, the most notorious, the most known of the other five. Because this is like the key, scripture, the key. So it itself has four uh, sub-principles. 
what does Sola Scriptura mean? It means, number one, that the Bible is needed to teach salvation. That is the principle of necessity. So the Bible is necessary for salvation of people. The Bible said the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for whoever believes. Romans 1.16. Secondly, the doctrine necessary for salvation comes from the Bible alone. That is called sufficiency of scriptures. Necessity, sufficiency. What does the Bible say? Go and preach the gospel to all nations. People will believe the gospel to be saved. Thirdly, everything taught in the Bible is correct. That is called inerrancy. The Bible is error free because it's the word of God. Now, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration. Question. Do you believe that what I'm holding in my hand is the word of God? Do you believe that? If you believe that, then you must also believe that this does not just contain the word of God, it is the word of God. Aha! Now, someone say, what about when Satan is speaking? Well, Satan did not write the Bible. It's God who is telling us that Satan is speaking. If I say to my children, avoid that friend because he's bad, he's a murderer, my child will say, my father said that is a bad person. My father say that friend is telling you disobey your parent, that's bad. It's not less my word. Be careful with picking and choosing from the Bible what you think is the word of God and what you select, this is not the word of God. Careful. It's very, very dangerous. I've heard that quite a lot. All scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration. Oh no, that's David speaking. Oh no, that's Abraham speaking. Oh, that's uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar speaking. That's never. No. All scripture is given by inspiration because God goes beyond what people are saying to reveal to us the thought behind what they're saying. Only God can do that. Now, this is a solemn and serious warning to those going around and picking and choosing what they think. This is the word of God. This is not the word of God. That's simply heretical. The Bible is inherent. Fourth, Believers may read and understand biblical truth by the Holy Spirit. That's true. But more clarity and understanding is often given through teaching and sharing within the church. You see that in Act 2, 
42, they gather together, they persevere in the doctrine of the apostles. Those who gladly received the word believed in Christ and were added to the church. The church was a congregation of believers, of people who had gladly received the word of God, Act 2, 41. They had gladly received the word of God. The word of God doesn't, it's not to be despised. Well, forget me for a once, for, for, for a moment. I beg you, pay attention to what I'm saying. If I'm lying to you, if I'm wrong, tell me. They received the word gladly. We're supposed to be glad when we receive the word of God. Forget about my English for now. Just check out. You have your notes to help you. Receive the word of God gladly. What a song again. We choose the word of God. Do we? He who delight in the ways, the word of God, shall be, there's quite a lot of very blessed in all ways. Probably taken from someone. You, you don't see me, I see you. When I pause, it's because I see you. <laughs> if I do like this, I'll be ignoring you. I need to see you. And if you see me pausing, I see something funny, either someone sleeping or something, and I can't go and wake them up. <laughs> so I pause for them to say, oh, what's happening? Say one day I was preaching in this church, and, and I happened to say something, um, and... Uh, I think one brother was uh, sleeping, slumbering, and everybody laughed. And after that, in his dream, he, what do you say? He, he what? He registered, thank you, that people had just laughed. And then he woke up about 30 seconds later, <laughs> in this church, and everybody was. And then he said to the neighbor, he said, You can have all sorts of things. You know, sometimes it's the Bible itself falling down. Boom. Oh, sorry, Lord. Delighting in the word of God. You're not alone. It happened already with a man called Eutychus. Because in those days, the sermon was from morning to midnight. Well, a normal person will not sit on the fence on the window. The Bible readers can laugh because they know what I'm talking about. The other people, what is he talking about? Sola Scriptura was a foundational affirmation that the Bible is necessary, sufficient, inerrant, and clear unto salvation. Because God is not the author of confusion. Everything that we need to know to be saved, the Lord has given it to us. And has even provided his spirit called the spirit of truth to, go, to guide us in all truth. The second one is Solus Christus or in Christo Solo in Christ alone. Standing on the clear teaching of scriptures, the Protestant reformers believe and taught that believers are saved from God's judgment through Jesus Christ alone. 
For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Act 4.12 That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through him. John 14, verse 6. Well, we got to read the Bible and be prepared, you know, when uh, everybody wants to go and evangelize and witness, etc. We've got to be careful and make sure that we're treading on solid ground. There was a brother who appeared to find himself in a conference held by a Muslim scholar, and uh, in a Q&A session, uh, the Christian came, you know, the hall was packed with Muslims, and he came there, and he said, Jesus Christ is the way the truth, and the life. The Muslim scholar completed the sentence. No man come to the Father except through me. And the Muslim asked him, where is that written in the Bible? He was packed with Muslim. And the Christian said, it's in the Bible. He said, where? Where is it written? The Christian paused. He said, in John 14, the Muslim scholar said, where? Because in the Bible there are chapters and verses. Where? The Christian hesitated and then said, well, you're not going to teach me the Bible now. Just answer my question. The Muslim say, where? In the Bible. The Christian say, in verse 16. And the Muslim say, Give him a round of applause because he failed. Is John 14 verse 6. Can you imagine that? How would you feel about that? Let us not be inconsiderate. I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. It can be very tough. We've got to be very careful. I heard a report about the solid food that was given yesterday to the ladies uh, meeting here. And we meditate on that with the family. I've never thought about that before. The type, the nature, the quality of the seed is important. For some seed, you just need to throw them like rice. For some seed, you need to dig a hole to put them. We need to understand these things. Let's be considerate, careful. Seek the Lord. Not to do things for fun. I can do this, I can do that. These things are not easy. Even the disciples got it wrong themselves. They came to the Lord. One day, oh Lord, the demons are submit to us. One day, ah, this was tough. Lord, it didn't work. I said, okay, bad habits. Okay, go to rely on me. In Christ alone. The third one, sola fide, faith alone. This is an affirmation that faith in Christ is sufficient alone for eternal salvation and justification. Mankind is fallen and sinful. God's pardon for guilty sinners is granted to and received through faith alone, excluding one's good work. The difference between Christianity and world religions, I found two main uh, differences. The first one is they all teach salvation f- by works. All of them. They all teach allegiance to an earthly headquarters. All of them. Our headquarter is in heaven where Christ is sitting. 
The head of the church is Christ in heaven. And the Bible does not support salvation through work. Well, I know, I know. You know, people oppose, you know, James 2, 2, 24, you know, show me your work, your faith by work, etc. That's justification, nothing to do with the clear teaching as stated in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 to 9. By grace through faith, not by work, lest no one should boast. Clear. No second interpretation needed there. Well, in Catholicism, it's been said that uh, after regeneration, after baptism, uh, as they put it, you know, you, you can do work because grace, you can do work in grace, and that work will contribute to the attainment of eternal life. And they say, you see, sola gratia, we believe in it. No. Grace alone, through faith. Sola gratia, grace alone, salvation comes by divine grace only. It's not earned or deserved by the sinner. Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. By grace you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works. Lest anyone should boast. As we shared previously, some people have opposed James 2.24 to Ephesians 2.8-9, wrongly. They believe that good work can contribute to salvation and to obtaining eternal life, and that faith is not to be separated from works. And the fifth one, the last one of the four solas, glory to God alone, solideo gloria. Glory to God alone. This means that everything is done for God's glory. To the exclusion of mankind's self-glorification and pride. Christians are to be motivated and inspired by God's glory and not their own self-exaltation. Now the Bible. All scripture is given by inspiration and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for righteousness, in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. All scriptures is given by Inspiration of God, whether we like it or not. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart, knowing this first that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 19 to 21. Should I say that again? Holy men of God spoke as they were being moved by the Spirit. You cannot possibly pick and choose what is the word of God and what is not. That is heresy. 
Anything written in the Bible is God briefed. And those who wrote it were moved by the Holy Spirit to write that. Whether it sound wrong, bad, good news, bad news, whatever it is, they were moved by the Holy Spirit to write those things. It was not by their own intellect or imagination or experience. It was God briefed. We need to approach the word of God sensitively and carefully with reverence and consideration. We should not become too familiar with the word of God in a bad way. It's the word of God. Exodus 31 verse 18 And he gave Moses when he had made an end of speaking with him upon Mount Sinai two tablets of the testimony Tablet of stone written by the finger of God. Where do you think the tablet, the tablet came from with the Ten Commandments? It came from God, written by the finger of God himself. And then God began to give more, to explain, to deepen, to expand until we get it today. The word of God is not the word of man. Oh no, Muhammad was uh, hiding in a cave somewhere and then Gabriel came and then gave him revelation, etc. Okay, okay, okay. The word of God was given by God Almighty himself. <coughs> written by himself. Exodus 31 verse 18. Exodus 32 verse 16. And the tablet were the work of God's and the writing was the writing of God. It was engraved on the tablet. That's where the Bible comes from. Well, we need to know these things. To be just as simple. If someone said the Bible is a collection of clever men's ideas, etc., that's their own problem. Quote the scripture. All scripture is inspired by God. If someone contradicts that, then we need to ask whether they're more reliable than these people called holy men. Jesus Christ said, because you've kept the word, my word, I will keep you from the hour of trial that is coming on this world to test the inhabitant of this earth. The hour of trial, the beginning of sorrows, the birth pangs, the great tribulation, I call it the big cramp. Revelation 3.10 Because you have kept my command to persevere. You see, keeping the word of God is not for fun. It's not to parade our knowledge. It's not to, to show that we are better than anyone else. It's to persevere. That's what the word of God is. I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. This is the coming big cramp, as I call it, and we are salt and light in this world. The church is the salt that currently prevents the full damage of the big cramp of the social tissue and fabric of this world. I recently learned that sometimes athletes take salt candies to reduce leg cramps and to improve bone strength. 
among many other health benefits. Reducing the impact or the magnitude of the coming big cramp is what we need to do as believers in Jesus Christ. Sadly, Matthew 5.13 But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under foot by man. You see, it's still there. It's still a pile of salt is there. But it has lost its flavor and saltiness. But it's still there. And the people who need salt, what do they do? They come, they, oh, what do they do? Trample on it, under foot. The world trampling the church under foot because the church has lost its saltiness. We sing a lot of noise and empty declaration, word of faith, this and that, nothing works. It's empty, false hope, and you know, give, lying to people, you know, confess this, do this prayer ten times, you will see this will happen, an angel will come in the night, I've had this vision. After, well, fake. Two, a four. Fake everywhere. Nothing work. You know, someone who has nothing, doesn't look for a job, is there, lacking everything to eat, doesn't do anything about it, is sitting there and making statement, I'm rich, I'm rich. And an and, 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 and unbeliever look at that and say, Sassila folly, isn't this? This is madness. No, just continue to confess. Continue. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. That's enough for me. This is madness. And that's what we see everywhere. Someone praying to be married and go to a pastor. The pastor say, do you have faith? Yes. Why do you have a single bed? Buy a king size. And say to God, God, Let's go back to serious stuff. We can go on and on with these things. Empty stuff everywhere. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. What are you doing? I'm drinking the blood of Jesus because of stomach aches. That's witchcraft. Everywhere. And rational, intelligent people look at us. They say, are these people out of mind? And you want me to come and sit with those people who understand nothing? Irrational people? Let be considerate. If the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's then good for nothing. Nothing. You can't be in a workplace talking about Jesus where you're the most rude person. It doesn't work like that. I've heard someone saying, I'm not coming to your church because I'm better than you. Rudeness. I've thought about husband and wife and children, parent, etc., friend in the church. It's a, you know, when, I say, when I talk about rudeness in the church, my heart bleeds. Because love is kind. We all talk about love, love but there is rudeness, paramount amount of rudeness in the church. We should be ashamed. The Bible says some of the things should not even be named among you. 
should not even be mentioned among you. Rudeness. Why? Lack of humility. Everybody thinks he's there. I will rise like an eagle. Everybody thinks there. Why should I obey her or him? Why should I submit? Because I think I'm better. That's the problem in the church of Christ. It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out. Remember, I still have 10 minutes. The Lord Jesus is coming back again to judge this world in righteousness. Before his coming, false Christ and false prophet will rise and show great and deceitful signs and wonders. There will be increased lawlessness and the love of many will grow cold. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. But all these things will be the beginning of sorrows. Matthew 24, verse 8. The Bible speaks of the distress of nations with perplexity. Perplexity is a terrifying word. If you think, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, things are going to fall into place, you know, it will be okay, everything will be calm, you know. You know, all the Hamas will become Christians. You'll be all good, you know. Everything will be, you know, everything will be good. And then, you know, we'll be all rich, all of us, limos, etc. Delusion. What is coming is the distress of nations with perplexity. Luke 21, verse 25. What is perplexity? It means the world will be without resources, will be left wanting. People will be embarrassed. You know the leaders? They, they show, they boast of having solution. Whenever there is a solution, they said they will be embarrassed that they've given too many solutions. It doesn't work. Perplexity. You know at the moment, people have, the, do you know the common religion today is Science. When nothing works, we all wait for science to give an answer. It will come to limits. They will be embarrassed. People will be in doubt, not knowing which way to turn. People will be upset, confused, deeply troubled. That's the word perplexity. That's where we're going. But Christ says, peace, I live with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world giveth. The false security is in the world. There will be more natural disaster and economic crisis. Oh, not, not this, uh, you know, propaganda of climate change and global warming. Some people call it global warning. The real global warming is coming. The Bible speaks of men being scorched with the great heat. It's coming. The Bible speaks of people calling on mountains, rocks fall on us. Death will flee away from them so that God will reveal his power. People will know that there is God who created everything. The big cramp is coming. 
I suggest we hide. We continue to hide ourselves in Christ. And also, this is a big sign, not a small one. And Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. Luke 21, verse 24b. Well, they're not going to win. They're not going to win. They will do whatever they want to do. This is called the time of Gentile. They're not going to win. Two-state solution? Bonjour. Thank you very much. Whoever is advocating that will meet God himself. Can you meet with God? You see? It started with Clinton. Clinton, Obama, Trump, all of them, they're coming. They try to please people. They run away. He's still there. Because God said we'll make Jerusalem a cup of trembling. A burdensome. Nobody will be able to lift it. Nobody. That's where the Antichrist will come from. Because he will come and say, I have a solution. And people will say, oh, at last. But Jerusalem will be trampled on the foot of the Gentile until the time appointed to the Gentile is finished. They have an appointed time. What is the problem? How can we keep the word of God? Number one, I found that believers have become unteachable. I'm really concerned about that. Believers are unteachable. Believers don't have time to read the Bible itself. All you see is a small video going all over the place and conspiracy theories, that book, that book, that book going all over the place. There's no really Bible study. The church is there to teach, to be together, to share the word of God, to discuss, to chew over it. And to edify one another. People don't want that. People don't want to come together and to pray. People are busy. Yesterday I asked my family how many people were there. They say about 17. I say praise the Lord. That's really good. 17 ladies. Praise the Lord for that. We bless the Lord for those who can. But if you say a wedding. Trust me. People prepare wedding two years in advance. Every morning they're in front of the wardrobe to see what they're going to wear two years ahead. Birthday, they won't miss it for nothing on the earth because of the nice food and music. Prayer, no thanks. Talk, empty. We need to persevere in the Lord to come together. That's what is called the church. To come together, to persevere, to edify one another, to bear one another. Moving forward. To do what you're doing now. Four minutes. The problem is the hearts. In the parable of the sower, now we share in one of our prayer meetings there the harmony, reconciliation, and summary of the parable of the sower. Remember those who were there? Praise the Lord. I have printed it for you. On the back. 
you can grab a copy there if you want to study the parable of the sower. It gives you some element there. Only about 20 or 15 copies for you to grab. Free of charge. So in the parable of the sower, in the rocky soil, particularly the rocky soil, the word of God is received with joy, but there's no root, there's no depth. It's all superficial. No endurance in the face of persecution and temptation. There's nothing. The word yeah, it was a good word. We're blessed today. Thank you, Lord. That's touched me. Zero. Rien. Inside. No fruit. No growth. Nothing. In the face of the first temptation, trial, the devil is against me. The devil, there's no endurance. The word of God gives endurance. God is with me. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with me. Faith that overcomes the world. Revelation three eleven to 13. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has a ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. So, in conclusion, build the house of your life upon Jesus Christ, the rock of salvation, who is able to keep you throughout the coming hour of trial. And even if you go through the valley of the shadow of death, he will be with you. He has promised his peace to those who will put their trust in him. He promised that he will return on earth to take all those who have put their trust in him and to take them to heaven. This event is known as the rapture or the blessed hope. In a twinkling of an eye, millions of people who believe in Jesus Christ are their personal, as their personal Savior and Lord will suddenly disappear from this earth. Many believers like myself understand this to be a global event which will be followed by an unprecedented time of tribulation before Christ returns to judge this world. Having all the glory and power of God at his disposal, God desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Those who reject his salvation will be judged and sent to hell for eternity. That is called the second death. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus. Thank you. And you will be saved. If you hear these things, do not harden your hearts. Maybe the last time you hear this could be. Don't harden your heart. Make peace and reconciliation with God in Christ alone. Chris, would you like to lead us, please? Please stand up and confess in singing in Christ alone.
Lord, we bless you as we sing this song, as we've heard, Lord, um, the word of God. We bless you, Lord, and we confess that, Lord, we are so weak and we need you. Strengthen us for the rest of the journey. We give you praise and glory for your good, great, and eternal spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. You could close and pray.